Hello, and welcome everyone to episode 15 of Let's Rejoice Together. I'm your host, Jennifer Grove, and I have been so eager and so excited about today's Ask Me Anything interview. I cannot wait to dive in and let you meet these two amazing change makers that I have joining me today from Amsterdam. But first, for our new listeners, I want to welcome and thank you for joining us on our journey to shop more sustainably. Rejoice is all about inspiring change and action. We champion both the consumers who want to become more eco-aware and let their shopping habits reflect their values, and the makers, the creatives, the manufacturers, brands, and corporations who are not just paying us lip service, but doing everything possible to create a more eco-responsible product and service. And Rejoice, fortunately, sits at the intersection of connecting these two powerful, very inspired audiences. And this podcast, Let's Rejoice Together, is how we learn more. It's where we really get to tap into the minds of experts to understand their purpose, how they're part of a more transparent and traceable supply chain, and what they're really doing to maximize their environmental and social commitments. And, and that's, that's true. We can really rejoice together when we unlock this path to creating an authentic economic value from shopping more sustainably. So together, we're taking these small steps as a community to create maximum impact for the benefit of people and planet. And that's why we exist. So with that in mind, let's get to the heart of the matter because there's so much to explore in today's AMA with Anisha Sharma and Chloe Lankhorst from Bibora, headquartered in Amsterdam. Bibora is a textile platform for bespoke and responsible textiles. And since 2015, they've really been at the forefront, rewriting the rules of responsible textile creation by digitizing the design and production process and introducing textile as a service. And I'll let them explain more about what that means. But in a nutshell, they're literally enabling brands around the world to design bespoke and responsible textiles. And I love this expression from pixel to needle. So given the company's role and mission, Chloe and Anisha, I am so honored to have you both on the podcast today to talk about what it's like to be positioned to fashion change in the global textile industry. That's no small feat and why it's so important to educate and inspire our listeners to know more. So first, welcome and let's get started. Can you, can you both take a few minutes to introduce yourselves and give us a little backstory on the company, um, your background, your how you got here, and and what you do in the Bibora organization. Yeah, thank you, thank you for such a great introduction. Um, so I'll I'll kick it off. My my name is Chloe, and um, I am the Woto manager at Bibora. Uh, right now, that might not say anything. So Woto is short for. <laughs> window of textile opportunities uh, and in short this is our experience uh, showroom and event space that we started together last year with our partners uh, which i will tell you everything about later on um, and my role here basically is um, taking care of the partnerships the collaborations uh, but also how the space looks the visits that we have and the events that we organize so uh, that is okay and i got here because I was very inspired about the mission of Vibora and I really wanted to work at a company where I believed in the product and the mission. 
Um, and my background in my career is uh, I studied at the New School in Amsterdam. For uh, It's called Communication, Creativity and Marketing, the course. And it was a variety of, of subjects ranging from finance to research to psychology, but also creative writing and graphic design. So that is my introduction. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, and my name is Anisha. Um, thanks for having us, first of all. Um, and uh, my role here at Barbora is a sustainability researcher. So I mostly look at the, the impact side of the business. So what that means is that, you know, um, doing life cycle assessment for all the yarns and textiles that we have to gather information about, you know, energy use, water use, uh, chemical use, if there is any, and just mapping out the whole supply chain and making sure that all the materials and all the processes that we have are responsible. And yeah, my background is basically uh, uh, fashion design. So actually, I was a designer <laughs> before this, coming from a very different background, but I've seen the industry uh, from the inside. So I've worked with various uh, independent fashion, uh, fashion houses and also working in garment manufacturing houses in India. So I've seen uh, quite a lot of waste that uh, comes in the industry, but also how toxic the, toxic the environment is. So that's how I decided to make, make a switch. Uh, and I did a master's in Central St. Martins in uh, sustainable design and materials. And after graduating, I found Baibora, which was, you know, the right place to be because, you know, they're, the, the company is just not looking at the environment, but also the people and highlighting who works in the industry. So showcasing all the suppliers, which was also really important. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's great. And it's really compelling inspiration to hear your background and, and how you arrived at the company. And I just, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because it, it also informs how um, future students, what paths they can possibly take if they're looking for a career path in, in fashion design, in textile design, in events. It's really, that's so inspiring. And I actually, I really appreciate and love your corporate mission statement to inspire and enable an entire generation of creators to make less but more meaningful and responsible products. And I think that's something that resonates with all of us. So I'd love it if you guys could talk about the word responsible as it relates to the environment and what it means to you both as individuals and as a company. How do you each define responsibility? I think as a company, I would say that you know, it comes a lot from functionality. So we really look at, you know, what the product uh, needs to be used at the end of the day. So that really, uh, we make sure what raw material goes into making it and the processes that goes into making it, because if you don't really know how it will be used or how the end of life will be of the product, then uh, yeah, you can't really, you can't really choose the right material. So being responsible about that, thinking about how, you know, how it will be used, where it will be used. So that's quite important as a company. So also when you go on a platform, uh, create, you can really filter out based on functions, depending on, you know, fashion or interior or automotive. So you can really design uh, from the function. And I think to me personally, it will be about 
you know, the use phase, so which we kind of overlook. So what I mean by use phase is that, you know, how many times is that product being used, uh, which, you know, is quite big if it's if it's used one time then impact is more and then it needs to be recycled at the end but if it, it's being reused again and again and you know passed on from one generation to the other the impact of that same product is way less and you know you don't you don't have to recycle let's say or the the landfill doesn't get filled up with thousand garments rather than you know you just have to recycle one product at the end of it absolutely yeah, for me, I think responsibility, I really instantly think of like taking accountability for as a consumer when you buy something, but also as a creator, I come in touch with a lot of different creators and designers and just being aware when you are creating something, you are putting something into this planet and you are also probably going to damage it in a way. So is it really needed what you are making and is what you're buying also really needed? So to me, that is what responsibility means in my personal life, but also working here at Vibora. I, that's, I love how you articulated that. And let's add responsibility to how we define creating and using textiles, because as you're starting to paint that picture for us, everyone uses textiles and therefore has a responsibility to maintain and responsibly use and discard their textiles at the end of that life cycle. So we're all part of the chain. And as consumers, we wake up in our linens and our blankets in our upholstered beds. We exercise and work out in apparel designed to wick away moisture. We bathe and use towels designed to absorb water. We put on another set of clothes made from textiles designed to function so we can go to school or to work. And we grab our coats and our backpacks to leave the house and so on and so on throughout the day. You realize textiles are just a part of every step of the day. We're literally ensconced in them from the moment we wake up. But the process of how those textiles are produced, it's not necessarily something that the average consumer is uh, educated about. And that, that's something that we want to bring to light because most people don't spend a lot of time thinking about the journey that the yarn took to get to their actual towel or their hoodie sweatshirt or their couch when they're really they're shopping for functionality or for fashion purposes so that's why i think it's so important for us to um, understand this concept of bespoke conscious textiles and the theory that instead of finding a textile that matches the design let's say creators can now design from the yarn up and make more conscious decisions along the way. So what I really love is if you guys could help reveal the Vibora process and kind of walk us through the supply chain in order to shed some light on that, that journey that it takes to get to the end product. So, um, yeah, I think water is quite a, physical example of that of that supply chain because yeah I mean you, you probably can't see it now but if you come visit us in Amsterdam we have a physical space where you can literally walk through the supply chain so we have showcased all our suppliers from you know raw materials or yarn to you know going on to our machine partners and going on to our packaging partners going on to our platform create so you can really physically walk the supply chain because 
uh, yeah, you know, designers are quite visual people and it's, it's very hard to find this kind of uh, also openness in the, in the system because, you know, in fashion industry, especially, you know, we have different silos and no one wants to talk to each other. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that's a, that's a problem, but that's why we also wanted to create this space, which is open for everyone, but also for our suppliers and manufacturers to come in one room and, you know, talk to each other about new innovation, new technology and how, you know, we can, you can, we can move forward. So this is, uh, yeah, one big physical supply chain that, that we have here. I know. I'm, I really want to come and walk through it so I can see it for myself, but you're, you're yeah. helping, you're helping describe it in a way that puts it in context. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please visit us. It's, it's quite amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're, um, when you're talking about your suppliers and the manufacturing process, talk to us about what sustainable options exist against these virgin material options that you have. Uh, so we have a lot of um, uh, recycled um, raw materials. So uh, most of our yarn, so 60% of our textile uh, packages, as we call them, uh, curated packages are uh, from recycled content. So we have recycled polyester, we have recycled nylon, we, we also have um, um, new textile package coming up with recycled cotton. So a lot of it is, you know, uh, being um, taken from post or pre-consumer uh, uh, processes. Um, so we have all of those material and we also collaborate with partners where we can try out and new types of materials, so maybe, you know, bio-based polymer, or we also work uh, on a project from post-consumer textile yarn. Um, so yeah, we do a lot of um, these trying out, <laughs> which can be quite tricky, but yeah, but we do have the, the preferred material, as we call it. So that, that's really interesting and actually leads into my next question, thinking about recycled materials, because we all we all know we all constantly hear that the fashion industry in particular is one of the most polluting industries in the world and basically ruining our our planet, given the volume of, of textiles that wind up in landfill and can't be repurposed or effectively broken down. So um can you give us some more examples of, of why and how textiles are, are part of that environmental challenge and how your company is in a position to to change the textile industry for the better? Yeah, so I think while you were explaining, we like to kind of sum it up as textile is on and around the body. It's really everywhere. Um, and we found that the textile you know, industry, it represents 6% of the global greenhouse gas emissions. And also that 80% of the whole environmental footprint of a textile is set in stone in the design phase. So at Byboda, we really focus on this design phase because we believe that this is where we can make an impact. Uh, and that means that you have to talk to the people that are designing, that are making these decisions and make sure that they are equipped with the right education, the right tools, uh, so they can also take back control when they are making these decisions. Because even though they make such a big impact, they are dealing with a super complex industry, like a super complex supply chain, mm -hmm. which is wasteful, it's, it's broken, so to say. There's no creative freedom. There's also no control on impact. And this is where we really want to make a change. And we do that, of course, through our 
platform with by Buddha create because they're your your the decision making is so to say given back to you uh, but also giving that transparency and being able to have creative freedom and make those decisions again yourself because in the end when they know the decisions that they are making this 80 percent is what is really going to change right so right and that's i I love hearing the data because that does put it into perspective for our listeners. Um, so on that note, do you have any data that you've collected since the company's inception that represents improvement and change year over year? Uh, so yeah, we've had, um, we've done environmental savings report, we've done intentions report, but um, last year we did a life cycle assessment so uh, that's where we got, you know, like the raw data from all our suppliers uh, going from yarn, from raw material, transportation, and how the textile is being produced because every, uh, every textile that we have is quite unique. So of course we had to, you know, structure the life cycle, life cycle assessment in a way that it's dynamic because, you know, we will not have uh, the same textile um, uh, again, because, mm-hmm. you know, we do on demand only, and it depends on the client, how they design it. Um, so we have this dynamic life cycle assess- assessment system that will, um, yeah, in real life can also uh, be updated. Um, so yeah, it was through research, and then also now doing uh, the analysis, and then going forward from it, uh, to, you know, taking, integrating it within our system. So, you know, maybe going forward, to how we choose our material going forward, but also, um, yeah, just making decision based on that data. And well, that's so important because when you have that, it gives you a goal for your next iteration too. So it's really, it's really interesting. Um, so in your opinion, what are some of the biggest challenges, the biggest obstacles, um, to, moving this industry forward yeah i think like i i talked about this for the designers of course the fact that for them it's an industry that is very intransparent and complex uh there's no really creative freedom uh, but also in terms of within the supply chain all the businesses it everything is very siloed so there isn't much communication or collaboration uh, everybody keeps a lot of innovations to themselves and instead of you know building upon things together and better and stronger uh, there is this stigma of just not sharing what you are working on and we think that this is really something where a change has to be made and that is also why we opened uh, WOTO Um, just to give a little bit more background for the listeners it's Uh, basically this physical space, but also uh, a program together with all our partners. Um, Along with that, we are connecting an industry of innovators, but also creators to talk about what is happening in the industry and how we can all contribute and make things better. We do this through events, for example, that can be educational or more on networking, but also through talent exchange, uh, working on research projects together, Um, And because these partners are from different areas in the supply chain, we try to get, you know, everybody their expertise and try to work together to work on these industry challenges and problems. 
yeah, I think that transparency and accessibility is really the way forward. Well, I, and I love how Woto really visually shines that that light on the bigger picture. That's amazing. Um, you, okay, so you mentioned something about transparency, and I really loved learning about your textile passports. So as an example, just for everyone listening, when I was researching, I discovered a high-performance recycled polyester yarn made from post-consumer plastic bottles that were collected in Italy through the, through the textile passport. And I learned about the process that was used to create a durable, easy care, lightweight yarn through the whole mechanical process that transformed the bottles into a polymer without the use of chemicals. So through this textile passport, I learned the journey of the yarn and it, I just found it so meaningful to actually dig in and understand and appreciate the journey. Can you ladies give us some more, some examples? What will someone who's using the textile as a service concept discover through traceability, transparency, like as part of the ecosystem? Um, yeah, I think, first of all, I love hearing people's reaction when they talk about textile passport because <laughs> everyone was just like, wow, project. yeah, <laughs> we work together as a team, like, you know, uh, we really work from different departments in the team, like the whole company was involved in making these textile passports. Um, so, yeah, it was a great project for us, but it's also uh, really good to see like these reactions because yeah, we really worked hard on you, making well, you can You can tell because the, the thought is there and you really have this sense of appreciation. appreciation. So congratulations on that project. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's um, for us as we, uh, as you know, we talked about Rota, but also, you know, we open up our studios for, we recently had an event where, uh, uh, like the public can come into our studio so they can also really see the machines. So when it comes to transparency, we are really open about the materials that we work with, the, the technologies that our yarn, yarn suppliers work with, our uh, packaging partners work with, but also uh, we want to transfer this knowledge to the, to the students as well. So we also, you know, uh, we have a printship program where they can come in and really Use the use the machine, or also just people if they're really curious about you know how how the you know knitting machine works because you know when you go into into that space it's just it looks so futuristic even for us every day whenever <laughs> we go in there it's just like wow where where are we you know <laughs> so, yeah. <cool. laughs> so yeah so you know for for us it's also um, highlighting our suppliers as well so. Um, we really promote our, our all of our suppliers, our textile manufacturers. So we have one uh, one nylon yarn, which is you know recycled nylon, but it also has it, it has been made in a way that it doesn't uh, produce microplastics. Um, so we have different kind of technologies within these suppliers as well, which is quite unique, and we want everyone everyone to see that. Yeah, because in the end, they are really the change makers, right? So it doesn't happen very often that um, these innovators kind of in the more of the background really get a stage to showcase uh, what difference they are making. So that is also seen Woto 
like they have their booth like come explore like come see what they are doing and yeah I, that's you just you you tapped into something and in talking about the innovators they don't necessarily get the the um the glory that they deserve but we're all benefiting as consumers uh, when we wear clothing or um, you mentioned automotive or interior design, when we're looking for textiles that perform, whether it's um, the function, the durability, UV protection, uh, things are tested for flammability. Yeah. There's just, there's so many examples of things that innovators um, need to either have access to or have the ability to, create um can you give us some some examples of of textiles that might have different properties colors patterns like how do you how do you highlight the conscious qualities that um people are coming to you looking for yeah as i mentioned earlier like when you go on the platform itself so when you go on on create by Bora create first is that you can filter out through you know function so uh, designing based on function, but you can also filter out through impact. So you can really see with each package what impact or how much you know savings that you will have in terms of uh, compared to a conventional uh, material if you are using. Um, and also that you know we have uh, our textile passports where you can really see uh, what the how the textiles can be taken care of afterwards. So as you mentioned, you know, all these details about about uh, durability, abrasion resistance, you can really see all of this on the on the textile passport. So, you know, since we are mostly business to business, so we want the people that will really convert these textiles into products. So to consider this when they make the products uh, so you can really see all these detail uh, in the textile passports that we have. It's very intentional and thoughtful, which is so in, important in the process. Um, okay, so I, I want to switch gears for a second. And I was thinking about how did Bybora uh, deal with the recent global pandemic, which is still in existence, but we, we've conquered you know, the past two and a half years dealing with COVID-19. Did your team have to really redefine your mission or reflect upon what it, what that mission was? What what changed in the supply chain process? Like, share some some of the biggest learnings from this period of time with us. Yeah, so of course it had an impact. I think in terms of for Bybo to create the platform, it pushed it even further to really digitizing. Uh, because, you know, everything came to a stop. So factories, production, everything was closed. Um, but we learned that we could onboard clients, work with clients from a distance. And with Bybota Create, we have done projects together with clients that they never even set a foot in Amsterdam. We've done everything <laughs> from a distance. So I think in a way, it, it also opened up a lot of opportunities. Um, also for Woto, for example, on one hand, we were in the middle of doing the launch of Woto and we were, you know, nervous if we could even do a launch event where we could get everybody together. And we were launching a physical space, a physical program where everything around it was so important to be together. Uh, so, of course, that that changed a lot. But like I said, it opened up opportunities that now everybody is way more open to the idea to 
you know, having meetings online, uh, doing visits online, uh, attending events online. Uh, and that opened up because our, you know, our community is so international that goes mm -hmm. for clients, but also everybody that we work with. So for us, it was a step into the right direction to even our whole client process, but also the experience that we have with Woto and the community that we are building to really take that to a digital level and be able to connect with all these people around the world that aren't, you know, even if there isn't COVID, they don't have the opportunity to come to Amsterdam. And also, I think on, on Create, you know, you can really see, as you mentioned in the beginning, you know, needle to pixel that you can really uh, sample digitally. So you don't really have to, uh, you know, just like sample uh, physical samples. I mean that, you know, that in fashion industry, you have so many samples that are made before one final sample is, is yeah. But on, on, on Bybora Create, you can really, you know, just sample as much as you want online because what you see is what you get. So uh, that was also, uh, you know, that people became really open to this idea as well. So, that, so in one sense, there's a silver lining. There is a, a positive takeaway from um, this unprecedented pandemic that hit all of us in the hardest of ways and shut everything down. But it sounds like um, you've seized this opportunity to really help change the textile industry for the better. How would, um, and th this is for either or both of you, what would you personally consider um, the most impactful way to take these learnings and pass them on to today's creators to future innovators what what are the best ways to be part of the solution to a, a more responsible textile industry that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> well i mean talk talk to us about the the partnerships that you've you've formed with universities so um including my alma mater fit which is how i actually got connected with you um Parsons, the Amsterdam Fashion Institute, the London College of Fashion. So are, are you seeing these opportunities to in, inspire tomorrow's creators by working with these schools? Absolutely. But I think it really goes both ways because we could never start a program like WOTO without involving universities and, you know, what we call knowledge partners, because mm -hmm. really there is a lot of power in the knowledge that they have and a lot of new innovations and ideas are happening at these universities. So it is for us very important to keep a very close relationship with them to work on projects together. If it's a research project with PhD students or with internships, or even if it's a graduation project, just getting insights of new ideas that are happening and also being able to uh, teach what, what we have learned and maybe help, help each other and see what we can do better. Uh, within WOTO, of course, we organize masterclasses and workshops, uh, but also a lot of these knowledge partners are a part of our event calendar through symposiums and panel discussions. So I think that is very, very much how we would like to make sure that the message gets across to the new generation, because in the end, they are the ones who are next and who are going to take over. Well, it's so important to pass that knowledge on and to share and have that synergy for new innovative ideas. And that's, I like to think that we're both kind of 
gatekeepers of, of doing better and inspiring um, the next generation to do better by Bora is fostering this dialogue, if you will, between creators and producers to, to make more responsible, sustainable textiles and rejoice. As I said earlier, we sit at the intersection between consumers and brands that are more eco-responsible or want to be. And, and our mission is to really educate and inspire our audience of listeners and which are made up of consumers and manufacturers. So B2C and B2B to really learn more and, and take those actions to shop more sustainably. So it's really important that we understand this whole journey and, and hearing from you is so important. Um, so I know that we're going to want to feature brands and your unique partnerships on the Rejoice Marketplace that we're building because they've got this level of transparent, traceable examples of responsible textile design. Um, so what what do you want to say as representatives of Bybora to the designers and manufacturers that are listening to our podcast? What's this call to action, if you will, the first steps? How do you get started using um, Bybora as a textile as a service concept? Uh, yeah, just reach out to us. <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> easy. No, I mean, we are, of course, like we are always open to collaborations and, you know, new innovation, new technology. So we are always open to like, first of all, talking to anyone that comes to us or if, if we see something interesting, we, we reach out to them. So we're really open to collaborations and also learning from each other. And our favorite word is dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it kicks things off, right? What, what would you say? Um, to inspire our consumers, our consumer listeners, how can they learn from all of this insight ex and experience from, from the inside? Because you have a bird's eye view to take action on a personal level that's actually meaningful and measurable. I think don't believe that you're, you changing certain things in your day-to-day -day life won't make an impact that you are too small, too micro to make an impact on this planet. I think that is really the message that I would like to get across, that changing something in your day-to-day, -day, if all of us would do that a little bit, I think a very big impact could be made. Yes, I, I feel like I say this ad nauseum on every single podcast episode, <laughs> you're, but you're reinforcing it. It's so true. Change one habit, learn from somebody else, share that habit with somebody else in your own small circle of influence. And these small steps will collectively make a difference. Oh, thank you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, think I can also, only say it so many times. <laughs> and also I think conversation like these, you know, because, you know, when, when we really openly talk about these things, maybe we, we learn something new that we didn't really know about, or, you know, we pick up on each other's habit, or as you're saying, yeah, it's quite important to just also, um, yeah, just, just take one step, you know? Exactly. So with that in mind, what, what new steps will Bybora be taking? What's what's the future for your company? I mean, you've got well over a decade of experience. You've worked with global industry leaders in everything from fashion to interior design to automotive brands to create these, um, as we keep saying, consciously bespoke textiles. So what's next for Bybora and Woto? I think really creating a local ecosystem. So like I said, 
we're starting here in Amsterdam, but our our clients, our community, the supply chain, it is all over the world. So creating Wotos in other spots in the world, but also a whole local ecosystem around that. We already have a network of different uh, partners where we do our production, making sure that product doesn't have to travel so much back and forth anymore. So taking things also locally. Okay, I want to come back and interview you in 2023 and hear about all of this. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> if I don't get to Amsterdam first, because now I'm just, I'm on a mission to come see this with my own eyes. Um, okay, in closing, I had, like, this has been so insightful and inspiring, but I just, I'm curious if you could, Anisha and Chloe, share with us what's your favorite part about your respective roles within the company like what what makes you get up and feel inspired to come to work every day um i think the people first of all is definitely <laughs> a big thing because everyone is just you know so open here everyone just wants to uh share their knowledge you know uh, and and just like change the industry from the inside but i think also uh within the company people really trust each other which i think is a big thing because you know um since we are not too big of a team it's it's really you know one person doing uh, a lot of uh, like taking on a lot of hats so it's you know coming from um everyone to have that trust in you uh, to you know just be the best in what you're doing, but also, you know, helping each other. So I think, yeah, trust is also quite a big, um, um, a big thing, at least, at least for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, for me, it's also, also the people, you know, we have people from such different expertises, having a knit lab with all the knitting machines, knit engineers, uh, to the atelier people making amazing products and, upstairs people with amazing knowledge on how we can then get that message across on level of branding but also on education um i think there's a lot you can learn from that it's a very inspirational environment so that really gets me out of bed and then the fact that we're all here for the same mission in the end so it's kind of what we're trying to do with the industry and within Woto, that everybody from a different expertise comes together and see how we can together build something better um, I think that for me is, uh, yeah, what keeps me at Vibora. And Voto events. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think those are really powerful words. This sense of trusting the people you work with in this unified sense of community that you're there to serve a mission every day and, and make the world a better place. I love that. This has been so much fun. Anisha, Chloe, I want to thank you both so much for sharing all of your insight and your expertise with us. I, I hope everyone has learned so much and I, I really thank you. I am going to come back and interview you for new, <laughs> new data and, and all the Wodo event updates. <laughs> Sounds good. Great. Oh, just a reminder for everybody listening, um, we'll have the links to all the Bibora and Woto and Create uh, website pages so you can find them on Spotify, also on our Instagram and our TikTok at Rejoice Together. 
um, where you'll also discover the latest greenhouse challenges where you can you can start to take those small steps towards making a great difference and get rewarded for it. So we hope everyone um, appreciates the the time uh, Anisha and Chloe spent with us today. Um, listen to all of our podcasts. We're on Spotify, where we invite you to take these planet positive journeys with us, whether it's our founder to founder interviews, AMAs like today's with amazing sustainability and industry experts, Q&As with Rejoice community managers, plus all the latest marketplace must-haves from our greenhouse ambassadors. And there's just so much more to come. We're really excited and we're really grateful to have experts like today from Bybora join us. So thanks everyone. And remember, let's rejoice together. It's what makes the world go round. Cheers.